It all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. My guest today is Mirko Maric, founder, CEO, and president of Staff Source and Contract Services Group. Mirko has a solid track record in business and is devoted to his family and friends and committed to his community. His history is a classic American success story. He was born the son of a Yugoslavian immigrant who came to America with little more than the shirt on his back. And Mirko was taught to work hard, be a good family man and friend, and do right by all. Prior to establishing the companies he currently leads, Mirko successfully led the sales efforts for Labor World in their largest Chicago market. During his time there, he assisted in reorganizing two distressed offices and expanding sales in his territories through growing existing business relationships and generating new customers, turning them into the most profitable offices in North America. Mirko Marowicz, welcome into the corner office. Good afternoon, Brent. Thanks for having me. Good to have you here. And, you know, we spoke a few weeks ago and uh, I was just sharing with you, in fact, uh, of your Yugoslavian origin. I, I had a brief stint as an intern in uh, the old Slovenia, uh, or rather the new Slovenia, which is part of the old Yugoslavia. And we want to get in and dig in a little bit to your Yugoslavian roots. But we always kind of like to start in the beginning. And, and I know you are the son of immigrants. So tell us a little bit about your early family life. And, and you know, let's start with, you know, was your dad and mom both immigrating from Yugoslavia or or did your dad come over and meet his American bride? Uh, well, my, my father was an immigrant from Yugoslavia, former Yugoslavia, and uh, um, met my mother here, in yeah. Germ- uh, who's a, a German immigrant. Okay. So, All right. Cool. Um, uh, got, I, I know just enough to be dangerous and a little bit of German <laughs> and a little bit of Serbian. <laughs> what part of the country did he immigrate into? Uh, so he uh, came here, and we we're here located still today to this day into Northwest Indiana. Uh, okay. Came here. Um, joined the military in the U.S. as well. He fought in World War II. So he was a he was a young young man when he came over. He was, yeah. yeah. And uh, um, started working in the steel mills uh, out here mm-hmm. and um, raised raised our family. And yeah. we haven't left the roots here. Awesome, awesome. And and what brought him originally to Indiana? Were there other Yugoslav relatives that were in the country or in that part of the country before he came? No, uh, they sure are. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a, a big melt, melting pot here in Northwest Indiana, and there's right. a big uh, contingency of uh, of our Serbian uh, people here. Great, yeah, awesome, cool. Brothers and sisters? Uh, two sisters. So two sisters. I'm the, um, and I'm the youngest. You're the youngest, um, okay. And so two sisters, one boy, and of Serbian descent. So I was kind of like, uh, uh, 
I guess I, you could say I, I had a little more privileges in my the man of the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you said your dad worked in the steel mills. Was he doing that when you were born? And was that his career? Uh, it was. He retired from the um, same same factory that he started working at. Yeah, awesome. And what about mom? Did she work in the home, or did she have outside employment? Uh, both uh, very involved in the church community here, uh -huh. um, but uh, she worked as a waitress and she worked as uh, um, uh, in a quality control, which kind of will segue into a little later. But um, right. um, and retired from from that industry. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you said you've stayed in the same, uh, Indiana town for your life. Did you meet your bride, uh, locally there? I did. Um, uh -huh. she was, um, she was in high school and I was my first year of college and, um, nice. um uh, we've been together ever since. And is she of Yugoslavian uh, background as well? She's, she does not. She does is, not. uh, she, she claims her fame to be in a pilgrim. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, again, back to your early years, uh, you know, what were some of the things that you remember from mom and dad? Obviously it sounds like dad worked hard and you know, steel work, uh, steel mill work has got to be very strenuous, but do you remember some of those early lessons that mom and dad gave you uh, when you're growing up? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, not only did my father work in the steel mills and pick up every overtime hour he could, uh, he also had a, a coffee shop. My mom also worked in, yeah. the, in the coffee shop. So okay. he was kind of entrepreneurial trait uh, in and of his own right sure. as well. And um, yeah, just to kind of always enforce the, you know, working hard and, and, yeah. and providing. So good Midwestern ethics, right? For sure. <laughs> and what about other influencers? Uh, did you have grandparents around on either side of the family? Uh, I did. Uh, yeah. uh, my father brought uh, his mother over. Oh. Um, and um, so she was somebody that was he had to take care of. Uh, I had to take care of as well of my sisters and kind of watched over her. Yeah. She was in poor health. But uh, uh, my my mother's uh, um, father was here as well. And uh, again, all kind very close-knit community and, yeah. and uh, strong family. Life. Love that. Any, um, any insights from, from the grandparents that you recall or, or maybe other influencers, you know, uh, you know, people that perhaps your, your coaches or your teachers or perhaps Sunday school teachers that might've taught you things or that you remember from a kid that, that helped kind of set you on your path. Well, uh, I would say, uh, so I'm, I'm a, uh, avid soccer fan. Uh -huh. uh, our, our family, our family is, and uh, my boys. I have three boys, and uh, they all play. I still play to this day. And awesome. uh, um, my younger days of of growing up, that was a, a big community of ours as well. Um, any time off my father had, he would take us to tournaments and set up tournaments, uh, soccer tournaments, and um, we'd play across the country and yeah. meet a lot of people and. Um, so, so not only, uh, my father, but, uh, just, just other coaches we had, high school coaches right. and things of that nature were always, uh, learn to play the game fairly, learn about competition, right. Be in a good sport, those types of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And be competitive and win. And be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to have. What about school? You're a good student? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick answer. You know, your uh, staff and family are going to listen to this, right, Marco? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll Let's see. You excel in the things you liked. Is that a is that a fair question? Uh, I, I absolutely one hundred percent. I I, uh, um, I I went to uh, in high school. I I got through. I I went to a, a trade school uh, in my senior year, and uh, it was I was doing drafting. I, I yeah. loved uh, I, I loved architecture, um, construction, 
and ultimately went on to school at uh, Purdue Lafayette um, to study construction and uh, um, the building trades. Right, um, right. Uh, I, I, I considered going to the military. You did, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I certainly wasn't too too fond of having my parents pay for school when I kind of knew I wasn't going to do all that great. Right. Right. <laughs> I didn't do right. all that great in high school. <laughs> um, but, uh, my, my son, or my, uh, being the son of a disabled veteran, mm. uh, received some grant money and uh, I said, well, I'll give it a shot. So yeah. I stuck it out for, for four years and, uh, didn't get my bachelor's and decided at that point that, uh, you know, I probably need to do something different because the right. money was running out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's basically started my career is, is, um, deciding to leave college and being fearful of my life when I came back home to tell my father that I wasn't finishing <laughs> college, but, yeah. uh, um, so went off to, to start working. Well, thank you for your service. I appreciated that. You talked about uh, soccer, obviously being an activity in school. Were there other things that you had an interest in? You know, music, debate. Um, you know, did you have entrepreneurial things that you did as a kid? Even in, in uh, probably in middle school, um, I, I always tried to make an extra couple bucks somewhere. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, we moved from East Chicago, which is a uh, from a little two bedroom home into, into Munster. And I said, these people probably buy stuff. And I found in the back of a magazine, a little article that, you know, you could sell seeds for, for gardens and, you know, for, for vegetables or flowers. Right. And, uh, went door to door, uh, knocking on doors. I said, we moved to a, a, a little more affluent area and, uh, people were buying them, you know, a little yeah. kid down the block and, you know, so, so that sort of stuff. And, um, uh, again, you got your entrepreneurial uh, appetite. I, bet. I, I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then uh, any other kind of jobs? Did you did you work in the coffee shop? Uh, did you did your dad invite you to the steel mill during the summers and stuff, or were there other jobs that you had as you were as you were growing up before you went to college? As a, as I was in high school, I I also worked at a, at a warehouse, learned how to you know drive a forklift, unload trucks, and things of that nature. Um, but really, uh, um, real career really started right out right after leaving college. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what uh, was that first job you had out of college? Well, first, the first thing I tried to do was go straight to the labor union and sign up, which I did and was assured, uh, through some connections of, uh, my father and friends, uh, that, uh, there's plenty of work and just wait by the phone and you're going to get a call and you're going to go on jobs. And after about a week or two weeks of not getting calls and me calling every day, <laughs> I said, I got to get out of this house and do something. Right. Uh, and, uh, uh, I reached out to a, a construction company that I had worked for during the summers in high school. Yeah. And I said, I said, do you have any work? He said, we really don't have that much work. I said, look, I just got to get dirty. I got to come home sweaty. And, and, and so you don't have to pay me. Yeah, I'll just volunteer. I'll, I'll just dig some ditches. So otherwise my old man's going to kill me. <laughs> I love it. And what did they say? Of course, free labor. Sure. We'll take it. I, he said, you know, I, I, I do, I could use some help in my hardware store. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, if you want to go stock some shelves, I said, perfect, I'll do it. I ended up, uh, running that little hardware store nice. for a few years. And, and then, uh, and he started um, paying you. I'm, I'm sure after that, he, he, he did he, he paid me <laughs> out of the gate. But, uh, I was willing to do anything. 
and yeah. then uh, um, stayed with him for for about eight years. Um, um, eight years. His, wow. Yeah, cool. went into yeah. his uh, construction division and started uh, became a project manager running uh, a light commercial, uh, primarily residential insurance restoration work, and yeah. uh, we had a good good crew of guys there, and uh, um, business grew uh, exponentially, and um, was was great learning experience. So if there's somebody that uh, um, I could say who is a mentor, uh, the owner of that company, yeah. uh, unquestionably was. Yeah. What were some of the lessons that he taught you back then? Uh, you know, he would go on on calls with me for estimates and and kind of critique how I spoke to people. You know, um, you know, your your tone has a lot to do with it, and and how you um, communicate your body language, just things like that. You know, unfortunately, I think in this day and age, we don't see a lot of that. You know, yeah. the people are in front of their computers. We're on yeah, Zoom true. calls and everything else. And, well, it's, and the it's pandemic has limited so much personal contact, right? Absolutely, yeah. right. But those are good lessons, you know, showing up uh, on time, you know, being dressed right, being appropriate, right? Listening more than talking, all those things are key. Do, do you remember the first time you started managing people, America? Uh, I do. And uh, I was a young guy and, you know, some of these men were, you know, uh, twice my age. Um, yeah. And uh, sometimes and this, was, this is the construction business. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. In the construction business. Um, so uh, and it, very, very difficult and challenging, but uh, those are all, you know, uh, building blocks, no doubt. Sure. Sure. How did you overcome some of those age differences? Uh, because, you know, it's, I talk to a lot of people, you know, that's kind of typically how most people start, whether they've gone to college or not. You know, they get into jobs where they're managing folks that are a lot older than more skilled. And, you know, it can be uh, can be sometimes filled with resentment. There can be obviously some saboteurs there involved at all. And, and did you encounter any of those problems? And if so, how did you kind of overcome that? You know, I, th I think I gained uh, the 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 workforce's respect by by never asking anything hmm. of them to do that i wasn't willing to do myself yeah, and then important. would admittedly admittedly you know I, i'll do this but I, i'm not a skilled tradesman like you you yeah, know yeah. but uh help i'll out. sweep i'll help you i'll i'll yeah. do whatever and you know i was never reluctant to throw on a tool belt and uh, jump in and do anything i could for sure yeah yeah and then got the respect yeah i love yeah. it well, you got into the staffing industry, and we want to talk a little bit about that because we share that love. Uh, how did that come about? What, what was kind of your first job uh, uh, before you kind of founded the, the great companies that you now run? So it kind of all ties together. So yeah. when I decided that I was going to make a move from the construction company, I uh, went out with one of my colleagues who is also a project manager, did the same job I did, also twice my age, but um, I said, you know, I was the young hustler with this company. And, right. you know, I was the one that, that had, you know, the, the biggest jobs and everything else. I don't know how you guys are going to really survive without me. And I hate to say, <laughs> so a little bit of arrogance, right? The young, yeah, still a young yeah. guy. Right. And he just laughed at me and he said, he said, tell me something. Who had the best carpenters on their jobs? I said, I did. Who had the best plumbers? I did. Who had the best electricians? I did. He said, now, do you think that you did all that or did mm. you have the best people with you? Mm. And and is that maybe why he said, when you have a great workforce and so when you true. can find great people, that's that's what makes somebody successful is, is right. having those people around you. So yeah, yeah. Um, that, that stuck with me to this day. Yeah, to this day, it sticks with me. And um, 
coincidentally, I came home, I surprised my wife, who um, by uh, profession and her education, she's a pharmacist. Okay. Uh, so she was working as a pharmacist. So she was making a good living. I was making a, a very good living at the time as well. But I came home, we were newly married. And I said, uh, honey, I quit my job today. <laughs> No warning. She said, you don't have a college education. What the heck are you going to do? Oh my gosh. So she, she has a girlfriend that came over and, and she's complaining to her uh, how, how dumb I am. And uh, <laughs> her, her, her girlfriend says, you know what? I'm, I'm working for this uh, uh, staffing company and I know they're looking for salespeople. Oh. And um, why don't you apply? I said, what a Kelly girls. I didn't even really know what, Staffing, staffing company was. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm like, I Kelly was probably the only one that was out there. Yeah. You know, the yeah. girls in green skirts. Is right. that, you know, what we're talking about? <laughs> she said, kind of, but not really, you know. So she set me up an interview. I, I, I met with the folks there. And uh, was, this a, was this a local staffing firm? Was it a national or an international uh, organization? It was a privately owned right. national company. National and company. Uh, the, it was out of Chicago. And it was about a 45, 50 minute drive for me every day. And, yeah. um, um, they they were kind of like a day labor staffing company. Okay, got it. I shouldn't say hourly kind of hourly labors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I I didn't like that model, but um, it was what it was. It was a job. I was getting paid, so uh, I did the best I could. And um, working out in a Chicago market was outside of Northwest Indiana, even though we're logistically as close as we are, was was a bit of a challenge. A little different uh, type of workforce. A little you know what have you was, was, was different. And I wasn't, um, all that excited about the job. Right. And then I, I was sitting next to a, one of my sale at my sales desk and there was guys that sell franchises sitting next to me. And I overheard him saying, you know, this, this, um, we have an office for sale in Northwest Indiana. Mm. As soon as he got off the phone, I said, what are you talking about? You have an office for sale. He says, yeah. I said, that's in my backyard. That's where I spent my life and, you know, working with companies out there and everything else. So I go to the uh, um, president and I said, you know, I'm doing okay for you here. I said, buy back that franchise. Take that franchise back. You own it, but you let me run it. Mm. Let me do it my way. And you could take my salary away, increase my commission. And if we make money, I make a little more money and... You start Everyone's making happy. money, and yeah, yeah, everybody wins. They did it. He and, agreed. Uh, awesome. uh, he, he agreed, and and uh, we did fantastic. We um, we we um, focusing on the same market, right? You were doing yeah. the hourly workers, yeah, yeah. Cool. We just kind of kind of refocused in in the way some of the things we were doing is yeah. is not focusing so much on a day labor, but more long term uh, temp to perm work, and um, and like I said, knowing knowing people in my community. Yeah. Was, a, was a huge advantage. Oh, I can imagine, right? And right. Uh, uh, then that company um, went went public, oh. and when it went public, they came in. They said, you know, in the whole country, um, you uh, you have the best margins and huh. what have you. Not so it's not sales, you know, in volume. But uh, I said, well, we do a little more industrial, so you know, it, it warrants higher pay rates, and we negotiate higher pay rates for our people and things like that. He said, you know. It's all fine and dandy, but bottom line is, is your, your pay structure doesn't fit within our model. Huh. And I don't know why you have it that way. I said, well, is that, that's because what I negotiated when we took this office over. And he said, well, that's going to change. So you need to change your lifestyle. And uh, I said, okay, well, then I 
give my two weeks notice. Yeah, and right. <laughs> that was I an easy home, discussion. So, yeah, I came home to my wife again, and I said, well, I, I quit my job today. <laughs> there seems to be a history here, <laughs> a recurring <Yeah>. theme. <laughs> so, oh, so then uh, in 98, um, so I, I, I had a non-compete. Um, yeah. I had, yeah. had to stay away from the industry, but uh, a year later, I uh, opened up Staff Source. Yeah. And um, really kind of all the all the ideas I had in my mind of what a staffing company should look like is, yeah. is what we rolled out and, and had have. Rolling ever since. So what, what year was that, Mirko? And 90, late 97, 98. 97, so been over, yeah. or, almost 25 years. Awesome. Yeah. And, and what do you think really differentiates your approach? Not to give any way trade secrets, but, you know, tell us a little bit about how, you know, you really operate that staffing firm differently today than, than you did when you were, you know, under someone else's uh, auspices, so to speak. Well, we kind of have, have two arms. So, so staff source started, we, we had no applicants, we had no clients, and we just went out and hit the streets and bootstrapped and uh, tried to get people to come in and apply with us and then yeah. go talk, talk to companies. And uh, uh, remarkably, we, we kind of landed on our feet out of the gate and I still had some relationships from, from years past. Um, so that all went well. But then, you know, so we're talking 1998, and, you know, uh, web presence wasn't the big thing. It was, of course. it was, yeah. um, um, yellow pages. Sure. Still I, ads. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I took out the biggest, I took out the biggest, uh, page in the, uh, staffing and, and employment section in the, uh, yellow pages. Yellow pages. I got a call from one of the biggest employers in our area. Wow. And I said, Hey, I'll, I'll be right there. I'm jumping in my car now. I'll see you in a minute. And, uh, <laughs> I said, I said, if, if you don't mind me asking, how did, how did you hear about us? He said, I opened up the phone book and you had wow. the biggest ad. I there said, you go. There you go. It proves <laughs> it works. Right. Yeah. But uh, that company, so, so uh, that company uh, explained to me that they had multiple different agencies that were working in there. They had engineering firms. And I said, it doesn't all make sense to me. Um, and, and it's an automotive supplier. Right, right. It doesn't all make sense to me. You have guys that, you know, are, are, are high level engineers and then you have day labor guys. They're doing the same work, mm. um, different parts of the plant, um, on different components. And I said, let me give this some thought and I'll come back to you. And I did some more research and I interviewed people at that company and, uh, came to find out there's just a big disconnect with, um, uh, you know, the communication and, and, and what was happening within their plant. Mm. I said, if I design some sort of like spreadsheet and I'm able to give you, you know, every four hours, tell you what's happening in your plant, this will minimize or mitigate the need for you to have parts in Mexico thrown on a plane and fly them out because right. you ran out and didn't know you were running out. <laughs> right, right. And instead of having engineers and day labor guys, let me give you some folks that are responsible, you know, pay a, a decent wage and we'll manage that whole process. So that, that was the birth of our other division called contract services group. Okay. And, uh, uh, I thought I invented that industry, but came to find out that there's plenty of competition. <laughs> um, That's okay. It's, it's a very locally based type of business. So, yeah. So, so it's th that component, the contract services group, we have our staffing uh, staff source handle doing all of our recruiting, 
um, all of our onboarding and hiring, and then doing orientations and training programs before they come out into the field with ah, us. Okay. Got so it. we're able to offer services. So in that, and that kind of uh, transcended into offering other types of services, such as, you know, just cross docking. So we have a warehouse facility where we um, um, cross, cross dock material. We'll do a, um, picking, you know, pick, pick and pack, s sorting of parts, things right. of that nature. Right. And um, so, so for a company that's looking for, you know, that, that has some, you know, challenges or doesn't, particularly like a certain component of their business and wants to concentrate on other things we're we're a source to be able to outsource to, or yep. if you're just short manpower, we have that ability, which is our core business of, of staff awesome. source. Awesome. And you, the, the, the people cross over between the two organizations or is it a set, you know, staffing group in one and uh, employment group in one and, as well as the other? They, they really do cross over. Yeah. And, and the reason is, is a lot uh, of synergy. Not, there's, yeah. there's a lot of synergies, yeah. And, but also the the um, work that contract services group does is often cyclical. Right. So right. we'll be working at an OEM facility, um, and I keep talking about Northwest Indiana. We also have operations that, that actually we grew into just because of relationships. We grew here in the automotive, out in Detroit and in Warren, Michigan, right, where right. we have warehouses. But uh, if if a company in Mexico sends parts into one of their suppliers and they know that there's an issue with it and they need us to rework it to bring them into the proper specification so that their, their customer can use those parts. It may be one shipment or it may be three shipments, but it's, it's short term in nature, right? right. So, right. Um, you know, that, that assignment may be three months. If we don't have something to put those folks on, uh, or another position to put those folks in, uh, within our contract services group division, we immediately contact the staff source office, say, you know, John Doe is going to be, Simon's going to be ending on right. Friday. Please right. try to find him some additional yeah. work yeah. In, in another position. And uh, so, um, which, which is another advantage to, to the companies that we work with is that yeah. we'll manage the folks first. We'll see their work ethic. We'll know that they're somebody that we want to make a recommendation or a referral to. To, right. to another company. Yeah, awesome. How many employees in total, Rico? Um, it, it varies greatly. Right. Right? Sure. We, we, we can go from, from having 500 to, to oh. 900 on any given day. Yeah, yeah, awesome, cool. And so all the contract workers are, 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 are 1099 through you and then, or, or W2 through you and 1099 to the company, or how does that work? Yeah, so we handle yeah. all... Um, you know, all the, again, onboarding and taxes and, uh, and, and, taxes and yeah. things of yeah. that nature. Yeah. Awesome. Cool business. Great. Well, you know, congratulations for your success and you've been doing it over 20 years from now. So you're going to be around a while. D tell us a little bit about how you kind of manage, you know, your own folks and, and, and talk a little bit about leadership. You know, how, how has your leadership perhaps evolved, you know, over that arc of the last 20 years being an entrepreneur and setting this, this company up? You know, I, I go back to um, what my colleague from my construction days yeah. um, um, brought up, and, and that was, you know, surrounding yourself with great people. people. And when you yeah. and when you get good people, then uh, let them do uh, what they do, provide the tools that they need. Um, um, I uh, am very fortunate to have a, a great management team around me, right. and um, um, you know, 
allowing them to to make decisions and things like that, even though it, you know times that you may disagree with what that decision is, uh, allow allow people to to go their own path and learn from it and 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 grow. That's all. Grow accordingly. You know, you talked about the importance of getting good people, and it's you know it's 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 of course what I tell my clients all the time. You know, working in executive recruiting, but but for your organization, you know. What do you look for, you know, when you're making bets on those people that you invest in and hire? How do you know they're good? <laughs> you know, you can look at resumes and yeah. um, and try to try to check every box on, on what the yeah. um, job opening is more so than anything. And this is what I try to um, teach and train our recruiters and folks is is really attitude. You know, yeah. you could you could teach a lot of skill sets, but but attitude is something that's very difficult to to teach right right oh, very proud. And, and how do you get at that how do you determine if they've got the right attitude you know i i think in, in as opposed to having script interviews is really trying to have conversation with people yeah, right. and and when people are comfortable they're going to kind of let you know all about themselves and, sure. and and you're going to know whether it's a cultural fit for your organization for another's organization or, or what have you yeah how do you open them up? What, what are the kind of questions you ask to get people talking about that and get into conversation mode? Uh, well, that's a good question because I haven't interviewed anybody in quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm testing you. I'm double, triple clicking, Mirko. <laughs> and, and it's really, you know, I, I think it's it's really just, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. And, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, open any you know, questions. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and get follow them talking. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know so, how to do it better. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm always learning. Hey, that's why I did this podcast, right? I think I told you the story that, you know, someone came to me and said, you got to do a podcast. I said, podcast, smodcast, you know, what would I talk about? He says, well, what, you know, what, what questions do you get asked? And, you know, you get this asked all the time, I'm sure, by your clients. You know, I need to find good people. Find me some good people. I've had high turnover or, you know, this guy said he was that and he turned out to be this and they didn't work out. And, you know, I, I tell them it's about finding the right fit, right, and, and really understanding who they are. And, you know, they may be great for an organization. They may not be great for yours. So you've got to tailor your interviews around determining whether or not they're going to be, you know, aligned with your working style, right, and your working culture. What, t tell us a little bit about the culture at your organizations. How, how would you describe it? Well, um, you, you know, I, I really try to uh, enforce the, the fact that you know our our applicants and people that that come to us uh they're they're the ones that really write our checks for us so mm -hmm. when they walk through our door you know don't physically embrace them but embrace them yeah. and um teach you know treat them with respect that uh you know you treat people the way you want to be treated you know finding a job is is a challenging thing yeah. it's it's uh, stressful, stressful. And, yeah. you know, you have to empathize yeah. with that. And, you know, I think in years past, it, it was a little different where, you know, as, a, as an agency, we, we could say, you know, well, we're going to require you to prove yourself. We're going to require this. It's, it's a tough labor market out there right now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there's more jobs than there are people. There's more That's jobs true. than there are people That's that want to work. Very tight. And, uh, Buyer's so market. Yeah. For, at 100%. So, you know, um, really making things as easy as possible for somebody, making them feel comfortable and uh, really 
um, you know, I, I've told the story to my staff a number of times. I, I like to think of ourselves as, um, what is that? Jerry, what's a movie called? Jerry Maguire. Yeah, right. You know, where he's jumping up and <laughs> help down me, help and screaming. You. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, he's, and then he's jumping up and screaming. And then, you know, when we are able to find somebody, you know, a, a great job, a great new career and stuff. That's what you should feel like. And, yeah. and if you, you know, and, yeah. and if you, you feel like that, that you can do that every day you come to work and you have that opportunity to feel like that. Yeah. It's a pretty yeah. cool thing. That's super cool. And uh, you said you got a great management team. Succession planning, got any kids in the business or, you know, how do you kind of uh, map out the future? So that's a that's a tough one. My wife and I have been uh, discussing that quite a bit. So um, we had we had partners when we started the business back yeah. in 98. Um, okay. One of them, uh, actually, both of them brothers were diagnosed with melanoma one of them with uh um, terminal but uh uh, wonderfully full recovery for both of them but you know that that changed their perspective on life of Um, course yeah as it would and and they're younger than i younger than my wife and i and uh but you know the focus changed a little bit so we decided best thing is is to buy them out Uh, we bought them out um, back in 2016 2015 i think it was mm-hmm. um, um again they're both doing fantastic so so that's that's good stuff but um um i guess that to to answer your question um coincidentally um my former boss from the construction days huh. um merged with another company it was a also a friend of mine here local business um have a great um uh, construction company together and um, they said, we need to find a, an estimator, project manager, same job you used to do. I said, well, good luck. No one's going to work seven days a week, those kind of hours. And, uh, and uh, my son was just graduating engineering school and uh, had some job offers already, had a great internship that he did yeah. that he really liked. But the jobs were in Chicago and I, you know, they pretty much were going to be sitting behind a desk at a computer doing takeoffs and things like that. And he's, right. he's a little more outgoing guy. And I said, I said, I said you know what? I could, and, and first I recommended to my friends at the construction company. I said, reach out to this guy, call this guy, call it. So we already know all those guys. And we called all right. of them and right. uh, it's not going to work out. I said, well, I said, you guys make a decision here. Just have a conversation with my son. So they were very reluctant. But then after speaking with him, my son got excited about it. They got excited. So he's been working for them now for the past year and a half or so. And um, uh, Likes likes the industry. He he loves it. And, you know. He says, well, why don't you want me to work for you? And he, he my oldest, actually, all my boys have, have worked for us. I put them in the warehouses and, I, you know, I, they, two of them know how to drive forklifts and I have right. them load and unload trucks and everything else. But uh, he said, why don't you want me to work for you? I said, I, I would like you to, but, I, you know, I don't know that this is a career for you. Yeah. And yeah. I've go got try it out management. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. I got, I, you know, I've got great management in place now. You're not going to take any of their jobs <laughs> and I'm not going to create a job for you. And I said, you know, I think you'll really, uh, uh, enjoy this. And, and he went on, he went on to do that. And, uh, again, my, my, they said, well, why wouldn't you hire him? I said, well, I would hire him. And he's ran projects for me and things right, like that. Right. But I think he's probably got a better opportunity with you guys. So, well, yeah. um, um, my, my, Second youngest uh, is um, 
somebody that I think, you know, may have, have interest, but really depends on what, what opportunities are here at, at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and my, and my youngest is a, a little brainiac and I yeah. think he's going to go on to compete against Elon and uh, anybody, <laughs> right. anybody else. So I don't think Fantastic. he's going to take over. I love it. Well, you're still very young, so you got you're not ready to retire yet. I don't think so. Ah. <laughs> To be determined. To be determined. Well, Marco, you've been very, very generous with your time and and we're just about out of it, but we always have one last question to ask. And, you know, that's kind of what career and life advice would you give someone that maybe has their eyes on their their own corner office or more importantly, you know, maybe got, have that entrepreneurial, you know, uh, uh, tingling, tingling, you know, early on in their career like you did. But what what would you say to that person in terms of the kind of things that they should think about to, uh, you know, be as successful as you have? And I, th- I think it's things that we already talked about for, yeah. for the most part. It's it's make sure you surround yourself with with great people, yeah. um, you know, doing hiring for you know people's attitude and then uh, teach and, and train uh, to the best of your ability, but also be open to learning everything you can from them as well. Mm-hmm. And and more than anything is, is having integrity in business and, and being honest, uh, being open with yeah. you know your employees with with your customers and uh i think people people see that in someone and yeah. and, and are and are willing to do business with you or or stick around with you and 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 you know this big big revolving door and all these companies that that i go to and visit right. with and right. and i'm happy to say we've got quite a few people here that that have that have been with us a long time and uh, i like to think that uh it's because they're they're treated they're treated right they're respected and, and everyone respects each other. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Merkel March, president, CEO, and founder of both contract services group and staff source. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. Thanks, Brant. Thank you for listening to into the corner office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brandt, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode. 